keeping the trade secrets of your business partners uh, a secret. Yeah, so observing your NDAs, maybe that's a very good idea, not just for the reason of being compliant, but also because your business partners probably will think highly of you if you do that. We see it as we have to do it, mm -hmm. right? Because someone says we have to do it, mm -hmm. but maybe we should see it from a different angle. We should see it maybe from the angle we do it to protect us, our company itself, mm -hmm. in front of harm, right? So from harm. Hello, Anne. Hello, Gregor. A warm welcome to your new studio, which is perfectly lighted today. It is what it is. I'm traveling, so we've, we've got to do what I've got. So. <laughs> we, we live with it today. Yes. <laughs> so, Anne, um, so as you know, I am a tech guy, right? So, so I'm working in the tech environment with, with many, with many tech people together. Yeah. And there's something where a lot of people constantly are, right? Doing something like this when they hear this, uh, Uh, this uh, um, term mm -hmm. compliance. Oh yes, compliance there, compliance here, right? Every, everywhere compliance, and everyone just say, "Oh, not again." Yes. So, and then rarely know people who don't say, "Oh, not again." Yeah. Right. So, I really I have problems. You know, someone who says, "Oh, great compliance." So, right. So, except for people selling it and making a living of it, I guess. Uh, but, yeah, but, but, yeah. <laughs> so for sure, right? Yeah. So, so yeah. So for example, data data protection officers, as as an example, for them it's a yeah their life, right? So compliance. It's and, their game. Yeah. And lawyers, I just look into your direction. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you, if it's if it if it produces billable hours, it's a good thing for a lawyer, yeah, obviously. I see. I see. Yeah. But um, you know, I believe right. It is not there to make our life harder. Harder. I believe there's something else behind. But maybe you can enlighten us. I hope so. So let's let's first clarify the term. What does compliance actually mean? Yeah, because it's a weird it's a weird term. I think uh, compliance. So it's 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 nothing really complicated. It just means well, be in sync with all the applicable rules, regulations, and especially laws. Obviously, so it starts with the law. I mean, you you've got to observe the law. Obviously, you can't be breaking it um neither as an individual nor as a company it's very obvious um so don't kill people for example that's probably one of the most basic rules and that's a compliance rule yeah don't kill people and and you can kill people as a business in many ways yeah you can you can put poison in rivers you know and then fish die people eat the fish and they die you know it's, it's not a good idea and you can come up with can can come up with examples especially the chemical industry You know, that literally killed thousands of people. Yeah? So don't, don't do that. that that's, that's a yeah, very good yeah, idea. Yeah. Um, but then, of course, there's not just the laws, but there's also the contracts you might have with your business partners. You may sign tons of NDAs, for example, that, that, uh, that give you the duty to safeguard business secrets and trade secrets of your business partner. And they will be pretty annoyed if you break these NDAs. Yeah? So that, that's a part of compliance. You may have internal rules of regulation of your uh, of your company, so you may have uh, all kinds of internal processes that you want to keep up. You may have uh, codices that you have uh, put in place that, that you want to act according to, 
And last but not least, there's business ethics that you may want to follow. So you don't, you want to be a good, a good person and also a good citizen and also a good corporate citizen, obviously. Yeah. And all of that is compliance. So I think where the, the, the bad uh, reputation of compliance comes in is maybe that you can overdo it. You can dial it to 11. Um, and, and, and then it, people feel like this doesn't give us anything at the same time it, 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 it kind of cages us into something that we don't necessarily want to do and that puts obstacles in in our way of doing our business um, and that's probably where it comes from is that is that is that correctly understood that this is where you come from where you yeah, say yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and the example that i very often uh, focus on um is that when you talk about the GDPR, for example, which is data protection, that is one of the compliance frameworks that's that's very often looked into. Uh, and there you have to do a list of processing activities. Yeah? Every data processing activity that you do has to have an entry in the list and all kinds of who owns it, who's responsible, what do we do, which kind of data do we process? You know, a whole kind of question that you have to answer. Yeah. Uh, and there is this famous example of a list of birthdays of the employees, you know, because the employees, they you want to congratulate them. Hey, Joe. Hey, uh, Jill. Um, nice having you. Congratulations to your 32nd birthday. I hope you can have a cake uh, at, at two o'clock in the afternoon in the meeting room there and there, you know? Yeah. And that list is hanging in the copy room, printed out on a sheet of paper. And that merits its own entry in the list of data uh, processing activities because it is a data processing. You have the names and the birthdays of the employees. And I can understand that many people say, well, oh, do we really have to look into this process? That's just the nicety, you know, uh, of, of having a cake at the right time for the right person with the right amount of years written on it. Maybe in terms of, you know, input, output, how much effort do we put in to get which output and which protection? Maybe we've gone a bit too far if that's the, where we have to look into. But, but then again, coming back to my example, yeah. Don't structure your business in a way that you kill people, or don't structure your business in a way that hurts the rights of people. You know, uh, by for example, yeah. selling, staying with data protection, selling their data, you know, without their consent, this kind of thing. Maybe that's a good idea. So maybe in, in, in a, or keeping the business, keeping the trade secrets of your business partners uh, a secret. Yeah. So observing your NDAs. Maybe that's a very good idea. Not just for the reason of being compliant, but also because your business partners probably will think highly of you if you do that yeah so does it make sense it makes sense hmm. but maybe also in the example of the uh, a birthday list maybe the question is also did i ask everyone mm -hmm. for the permit to put a birthday there maybe not everyone wants his birthday on on this list especially with the year printed there Maybe not everyone feels happy about to have it there. For sure, if everyone is doing it, then maybe not everyone says no, but mm. it doesn't mean that everyone is happy about it, right? Mm. Mm. So which means, okay, at least in this case, it makes sense at least to yeah, have some process maybe instead. And if it is at least to ask the person, is mm. it okay for you that we put your birthday there before we just do it? Because... Maybe it's okay for me, but maybe it's not okay for someone else. And maybe if it's okay for for, for everyone else uh, to tell them uh, what are my favorite uh, comic books, mm -hmm. but maybe I don't want that everyone knows my favorite comic books. I don't mm -hmm. know. So, yeah. So, uh, understood. 
Yeah, there's there's a point here, and, and this is, and I think just to work on your example, the consent that I need to put the year, especially maybe if I'm a lady, maybe they are more concerned very often with their age. For us, for us boys, it's maybe not so important. For us, other things are important. So, but but maybe uh, yes, you want to ask for consent. But it's one thing if if you really have to look into all the details of that in the list of data processing activities. I don't know. I don't know. It's it, it, you know, to put it, what I'm saying is to put it on the same level, uh, then, you know, um, then again, keeping, keeping secret, um, the secrets, protecting the trade secrets of my business partners that potentially can, um, cause liabilities in the billions or so. Yeah? Uh, you know, it's, it's maybe not the same thing. It's not the same ballpark. I, I guess that's what I'm saying. So my point here being that when we talk about compliance and the fact that resources are always limited in the business environment. You only have so and so many people. You only have so and so many money. You have only so and so high of a budget. Uh, you have only so and so much time. I mean, you have 24 hours a day. And even if you at the night, you know, it's a problem. You have seven days a week. And you have to you do what you've got. So maybe you want to start with the most important um, things, even if you talk about compliance. Because then again, compliance is a business process. You can only throw, throw so and so many uh, resources on it. Yeah? Um, probably it's also true from the technical side. I mean, I don't know how you see that as a as a tech person, but probably you also have only so many people, resources, machines, time, budget. There's always constraints. But maybe, maybe in the past we saw this wordings of compliance in, let me say, with the wrong intention, mm -hmm. especially in companies, right? So again, in companies at I have to admit, it also applies to myself several times, right? That I've heard complaints and said, oh, you know? So, <laughs> yes, wrong. Um, but the point is maybe we see it as we have to do it, mm -hmm. right? Because someone says we have to do it, mm -hmm. but maybe we should see it from a different angle. We should see it maybe from the angle we do it to protect us, our company itself, mm -hmm front of harm, right? So from harm. So for example, right? If you just talk about, for example, for GDPR, mm -hmm. so maybe you know it better as a lawyer, but I heard, you can correct me if I'm wrong, that uh, when you violate the data protection laws uh, in a bad way, there is a risk to get uh, not nice fines for you as a company. Yeah. And depending how big you are, so maybe for a very big corporate, it might not be that harmful, right? To violate... So to have to find a fine for that, like the big ones, like the one with the G at the beginning or the one with the M at the beginning, right? But maybe for a startup, which um, where the run rate of the money is nearly that to survive, uh, maybe their fine can take the whole company down. Yes. And maybe when we're looking from the perspective to say, hey, the comp so when we talk about compliance, it's not about... We have to be compliant with the law. The law is just there. What should we do, right? So we cannot do something against it. The law is there and that's it, right? Mm -hmm. So we have to live with it. But when we talk about compliance, it's about to mitigate risk that we can also receive harm by violating. Also, it doesn't have to do something with intention or not, right? Just by we violating it by, yes. by whatever reason. When we talk about compliance, it's about to do something against that we're not also not unintentionally violate the law 
which can lead to we have to find uh, pay a, such a big fine that we have to go out of business tomorrow. Mm. Or maybe also interesting for employees like me, mm -hmm. yeah, that we cannot uh, afford the next uh, uh, compensation the next time. Yeah, because we have to pay 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 the fine. Yeah, there's lots of this is. This is I think this is a very good question because it's not just about what is compliance and what do we have to do in order to be compliant. It's also why do we do it? It's the why question. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yes, uh, there is of course, and, and you kind of sketch it out already. That's why. I, let me keep it brief. There's the first answer. Um, buckle up. It's the law. Uh, so laws are there to be observed, uh, and if they're not observed, there are all kinds of con consequences because laws, at least in the good jurisdictions, are being enforced. Yeah. Um, and that means, indeed, let's talk about data protection because that was your example, that you can uh, be uh, the, uh, the addressee of all kinds of very hurtful uh, administrative fines. And they can, the, 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 um, uh, the data watchdogs, um, they, um, they get pretty nasty these days. So um, there are literally administrative fines in the billions, in the American billions. Um, so, um, uh, how many digits is that? Nine digits, yeah? yeah Nine-digit uh, fine. So, that's pretty hefty. That is pretty hefty. That's something that, yeah. that you will notice in the bottom line of the company. And as you as you mentioned, rightfully I say, um, that can put a company out of business if it's uh, if it can't stomach it. That's one thing. Uh, but if, if I may, I think it, it goes far beyond that it's it's not just the fear uh, against a, a fine or criminal action by the way also a thing yeah that you can be held liable under criminal law for example there's tons of examples for yeah. that especially maybe not so much if we talk about data protection because there to be really go to jail or have an action against you yourself initiated you have to do something really really wrong but if you talk about things like accepting bribes for example yeah or handing out bribes that can get you into serious trouble very easily. Uh, if you endanger lives uh, of people, for example, or the health of people, that can get you in, into serious trouble. Um, but th there's, there's much more here. Uh, think about just one thing, reputation. I mean, um, there are many, many companies that had uh, serious data protection issues and their reputation is maybe not the best. Um, yeah. Let's talk about, um, I mean, do you really trust most of the social media companies? Meta, for example, after Cambridge Analytica, the scandal where people were targeted with, with messages uh, that were tailor-made to influence their political opinion. And those data that were necessary to do that should have should not have been available to the people doing it, Cambridge Analytica. And, and, and they yeah. pride themselves on, on flipping elections in the US. That's pretty terrible, isn't it? Um, or, you know, uh, th there was this last pass, this password manager that was, this was being hacked um, because they, they didn't, I don't know, you're the technical person, you can update me on that, but I think that they didn't salt their hash for the passwords properly and they could be reverse engineered in some way or shape or form. Um, that's pretty terrible. You know, reputation-wise, that's a disaster. Yeah? Um, so don't do that. But also, um, it's also about trust in the market. Um, so let, let me come back to this uh, this uh, thing of, of the NDA, for example, and, and protecting the business secrets of your business partners. If you lose the trust of uh, of your business partners, of your customers, for example, that you that you can actually 
uh, be trusted with their data, not just personal data, but also their um, their IP, their trade secrets, business secrets, uh, everything, you know, basically what you sign NDA for, where you may lose business. I mean, you you yeah. literally lose business. Not just it's not just about some some fine. It's it's about not having business going forward in the future. Uh, and the same is true for the trust of the end customer. You know, it's it's pretty bad if your reputation is tarnished. You know, if people don't trust you. And also, if I may say that, and that's an often overlooked factor, I think. But but you can tell me more about that. Um, do you really want to work for as an employee, yeah, uh, or in the management, yeah? Of an unethical company. I mean, do you? If you have one company whose whose uh, whose whose um, reputation is tarnished, do you want to step forward and say, "I proudly work for that company that everybody knows poisons people"? You know, um, I, I don't. I mean, do you? Do, let's think about cigarette companies, for example. It's completely legal. Yeah, it's completely legal. You can yeah. produce cigarettes, but are you really are you really really happy with stepping forward? On the birthday party of your six-year-old, and saying, "Yeah, by the way, I work for this company selling cigarettes." Is it really a good thing? I don't know. I don't know. So, um, but most likely not. Mm. So, uh, for sure. So, for example, I just remember a time where, for example, worked for an inter uh, enterprise email marketing campaign company. Mm -hmm. And I had problems to uh, when people ask me, oh, what, what do you do? Yeah, I'm a software um, M developer. Well, for what kind of company? Yeah, we're doing something with marketing. Mm -hmm. But I never said, yeah, we are professional spammer. So something like this. <laughs> 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 so yeah. for sure, you can also do this in an ethical way, right? Yes. But, uh, so for example, there was also, yeah, so... And at least, so uh, what I can definitely say is uh, at this point of time, I'm... I know that we kept all the compliance rules regarding mm. data protection very, very seriously. So, for mm. example, that the unsubscribe button really works and mm. was not just uh, like in the majority of the email campaign uh, uh, stuff, just uh, a link which is clickable, but just doing nothing, right? So, it yes. was really working. And there, for example, I know how we serious, uh, serious kept all those stuff. But, but maybe it is a good example because there... I experienced one one very great thing, and especially in the so, for example, the email campaign world, that's a very important thing. Mm -hmm. um, when you are compliant there, very very seriously. So, mm -hmm. for example, that you really don't send over the addresses, right? So, so the sending addresses spam to people. Mm -hmm. What can be reported by by people spam, right? So, yes. so people are complaining with the that spam button. About your stuff, right? Yes, that's so. this, this little button in Gmail, for example. Report this this correct. message as spam. Yeah, okay, get you. Yeah, so mm -hmm. so correct. So and obviously, when when too many people are doing this, then you are marked as a potential spammer. Mm -hmm. And when you're marked as a potential spammer, then all the ISPs like mm -hmm. the Gmail, Hotmail, mm -hmm. name however you want, right? Mm -hmm. So all those providers, Yahoo, um, there will um, at first are. Um, slowing you down to receive your emails mm -hmm. and in worst case they just reject you or you, you just land automatically in the junk folders right mm -hmm. so in the spam folders of those providers which is obviously not intended by you if you want to send emails to the inboxes of the people yes. so which means you have to be compliant there you have to come uh, uh, you have to follow the rules of all all this isp so for example and you have to also to follow all the rules which can lead people right so to prevent people that leads them to say, you are a spammer. 
Yeah. So, for example, and which also, for example, leads to that you are, if you as a as a company like this, mm -hmm. right, mm -hmm. as we were at this point of time, you have a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So, cust your customers sending emails all over you mm -hmm. to also force those people, right, mm -hmm. this this customers to follow the rules mm -hmm. of this industry that no customer say, oh, they're just sending me spam. Like, for example, um, earn 5 million euros within a weekend or something like this, right? So yeah. the two biggest stuff, which is yeah. very serious, right? Yes. So, uh, so stuff like this. And we also see, let me say, companies which are, so so, so we say at this point of time, competitors, which we are not, des uh, uh, not that successful than us. Mm -hmm. So we are saying several times to some of our customers, no, you cannot send this. And then, and, and this might also be too directly don't make money with you. Mm -hmm. But whether we say no right now, then that no customer can any longer send money with us. Yeah. Uh, so may it's very far, sorry. So mm -hmm. which means for us at, at the end of the day, more money. So I also say sometimes to some customers, no, mm -hmm. which can, where, where we sometimes can lose money at the end of the day, it means for us much more money mm -hmm. because. Yep. Yeah, our re reputation was going up. Yes, that's my point. Thank you so much. Um, that's my point. Isn't isn't that kind of like the same thing? Uh, protecting of reputation and having good reputation with customers who don't report you for 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 potentially spamming, but also with your business partners who send your emails uh, or, or receive your emails and have to yeah. forward them to the inboxes of your customers. So they are staying in good standing and. It's very interesting. It's a market mechanism that enforces compliance here. It's not just the law. Yeah. There is a legal mechanism for that. It's pretty slow and cumbersome. And, and probably um, every single one who is being affected has to initiate the proceeding. And it's, it's, it's very cumbersome. You have to get going. You have, you have to fill out papers and you have to write to, I don't know, a lawyer or some, 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 some better business bureau or something like that. Um, so not many people may do it, but if it's automatically enforced in the market um, by uh, the mail providers themselves, then it's it's crucially important um, to to uh, to be compliant and uh, to observe all these rules and regulations because otherwise you just lose your business, as you mentioned, and you can't any longer reach the inboxes of your potential customers, and that means um, that you are no longer visible. And if I may come forward with one further um, idea why compliance is important. That, that kind of comes of the same from the same angle, but it's it's maybe before you even come into the position of doing business, especially if you're in a B2B environment uh, and and you want to do business with with large scale companies. Think about the Fortune 500 or uh, Eurostox 600 or Germany Dex 40 companies or the MDAX companies. They do have um, first of all they do have a compliance department, and they have to green light you if you want to. Be listed as a supplier, and if they don't greenlight you, you will not be even in a position to even try to make business because you will not be listed um, uh, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a partner. Um, and also, they have uh, obligations of, for example, the Supply Chain Act. They may have to vet their whole supply chain so that they themselves can stay uh, compliant. Yeah. Um, so they will have to look into your business and they will have to look to your compliance and your acting uh, according to the law and keeping up with all the rules and regulations and the business ethics. And otherwise, you may not be considered. Uh, I always say like something like if you want to play in the same sandbox as the big boys, you have to act like the big boys. Um, and that includes uh, being compliant. Yeah? So um, I guess what I'm saying here is that um, there is a certain 
size of business and of customer and of lead that you want to pursue that that forces you to put an emphasis on compliance. Otherwise, you will not be con considered, and you can't you can't grow beyond a certain point. You will always uh, stay a, a small uh, company that can't compete with and can't can't play with the big boys. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. In that sense. In that sense, the last sentence from me, I think compliance is, is a business enabler. It's a sales tool. It, it is an active sales tool. You have to be able, for example, you, you, you tell me, please, from, from, from your um, experience um, in, in, in the tech world as a techie, um, does, it, does it feel good? Does it open doors to, example, uh, for example, be able to tell to a customer, hey, we are certified under ISO 27001? Yes. So for sure, because a certification like this, mm -hmm. um, in many ways, right, uh, tells so at least leaves the the impression to some people, or oh, when they have this certification, mm -hmm. so I believe that my data is more safe there. Yeah, I believe that not let me so so the the possibility is not that high that by just this stupid mistake someone mm. gets uh, access to my infrastructure and mm. can for example do and delete everything there mm. so something like this right mm. because so for example in my own career i have also sometimes to do with iso 2701 certifications mm -hmm. and for example they are experienced so at the first glance it sometimes feels like it's it's just annoying what you're doing there Yes. Right? It's just you have to you have to follow rules, and they're at the first glance they're sounding very very annoying. Yeah. But I just give you for example one example where I experienced by myself very extremely when it was meaningful and helpful. Mm -hmm. I'm just from the inside, not from the so so from the outside. A very great example. Um, it happens sometimes in companies when they don't have rules for that. Mm -hmm. That one employee is believing, oh, when I am uh, buying buying this tool, it will help us so much. Mm -hmm. And what the first compliance rule they are following is to ask the supervisor for the budget for sure. Okay, this yeah. this they're doing because someone has to pay it for sure. Yes, yes. So then they're asking the supervisor for the budget. The supervisor, ah, yes, it's a great idea. I have budget for that. Just do it, right? And um, then he's buying this tool and. and an online tool, maybe, so, so a disaster tool, and um, they are operating it. Then they're finding out, yeah, it's very helpful. Then he is inviting the next colleague and another colleague, and, and so on and so forth, mm -hmm. right? And then they're working pro, pro, productively on it. And then there might be come the day where this employee, um, yeah, uh, goes on vacation mm -hmm. for a longer time or sick or whatever, mm -hmm. right? And I don't talk about the fact that he will maybe also leave the company, but so, so, so something like this. And then, so for example, something happens. So for example, someone is accidentally deleting something and, oh, how we can restore it. Ah, just the admin can do it. Mm -hmm. Who's the admin? I don't know. The tool was there since I'm here. Mm -hmm. And then they're just asking around. Then they're asking the the IT, right, right into an IT. And IT, I never heard about this tool. Never, no one ever told me that we have this here in place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I cannot help you. Huh. Who is responsible for that? And then they are saying, ah, yeah, the guy who is right now on, on, on vacation, let's ask him. Mm -hmm. I don't have my computer with me. Why are you asking me? 
Yeah. And then same, sometimes people are just locked out for some weeks in best case. But it also sometimes happens maybe, and maybe also experienced it already because it happens to me already mm-hmm. that the people left the company and um, they also obviously then also deleted their, their email, their company e- mm-hmm. email account and everything. And they also dropped obviously the passwords for it. Mm-hmm. And no one can ever access again the admin account of this tool in, anymore. And then you're really in a very, let me say, bad position. Yes. So, and stuff like this, I experienced several times, unfortunately, mm-hmm. stuff like this. And for sure, it's very annoying when, when someone tells you, yeah, when you want to introduce this tool, you have obviously to ask a supervisor for the budget, for sure. Mm-hmm. That's already annoying. Why not just buy it? Because it's helpful. Mm-hmm. But okay, someone has to pay it, right? So yes. okay, it may sort of make sense. But you also have to, in uh, uh, let me say, include the internal IT into that, mm-hmm. because the, the internal IT maybe has procedures for this. Like for example, it creates they also kind of a, a breaking glass account, right? So an account which mm-hmm. he just creates for the case that no one else is available, and then mm-hmm. just put this account into the safe of the company in case that. Really, no one is available, but mm-hmm. then someone can go to the company safe, take out the account there, and let me say, maybe restore something, mm-hmm. something like this. But most likely, the internet he has a procedure for that rather than the normal employee. Yeah. For sure, this is annoying because it is just like start, right? You have to wait for sure. Mm-hmm. But again, if something happens, you're safer and the whole company is not in worst case. Mm. going to hell because you just choose the short path. Mm, 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 mm. And again, I was several times suffering from this. Yeah, yeah. That's very interesting because this is interesting. This is indeed something, and of course we're talking here about business processes, but that is also something thinking about uh, the GDPR, for example, Yeah, um, that gives you this task. It says, make sure not only that your data are correct yeah, or data yeah. are protected, but also that they are accessible, yeah. for example. Yeah, continuously. Also have a plan. What happens if something happens? Yeah, have a disaster plan. Um, have a recovery plan. You know, these kind of things. And that's that's all things you mentioned. They all tie into that, into this technical and organizational measure framework that you should have under the GDPR. And, and, and it's it's wonderful how, how you how you paint this picture of this being not just a compliance task, but actually making your business operations, your continuity better safer more secure giving giving you just just a better company yeah so um and it starts indeed because we were coming from the iso uh, 2701 uh, but first of all having to sit down and having defined processes yeah because that's that's one thing you have to do if if you do the certification you have to sit down and define your processes if you don't have them you have to think about them yeah so it's, it's fantastic. And so you have all these things together. You have the sales tool of the certification that, as you said, opens door, open doors. You have a better company because you have defined processes and you are compliant. So wherever you come from, it helps you, it helps you in so many ways. And it all ties together in, into a wonderful uh, business that works much better and much smoother and is compliant and protects the data and the rights of its customers and of its business partners. Um, so that, that's fantastic in a way. And, 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 and I think. And, and, and maybe you can you can close that from your technical point a bit and, and what you think about it because this is the lawyer in me speaking. Um, that, that if you it is if if you are if you are because you made up you opened the door so uh, so maybe you should close it again. But this is my input on it. 
if you think about compliance as this building block, as a building block to, to having a better business, not just something that throws a stick in your, in your spokes uh, uh, and, and, and slows you down, but it's something that actually makes you better, gives you better reputation, protects you and your management and your company and you yourself, by the way, yeah, every employee. Uh, and, and also makes you, again, my example makes you proud to be uh, an ambassador of your company. If you understand all these aspects, then all of a sudden, maybe, that's my guess, uh, compliance makes a ton of sense. Uh, but I would agree. So I, I fully will, will, would agree, but maybe look mm -hmm. at, uh, but maybe let us take a look at the problem here. Mm -hmm. So when we really have a deep look on all the stuff, again, there are always exceptions which are bad, right? But Obviously. So generally, right? So, so, but uh, generally, so for example, to be compliant, uh, so to be compliant with data protection, yes. right? So, so GDPR or whatever. Also, ISO 2701 as an example. Yes. If we look very calm on it and try to keep yourself full, fully out of this calculation, it try to so it looks to make so very much sense, right? But yes. right now comes the but. Mm. Still, many people who are working in companies mm -hmm. often say, "Oh, you know." So, and and here comes the question: What is then the reason for this? Mm. And again. I also include myself into that because mm -hmm. I also have in several, like for example, financial stuff, right? So for example, that on every invoice. So, it, uh, so we're talking about Germany, right? Mm -hmm. So when you uh, want to uh, commit a receipt, right, mm -hmm. that the company should pay you are working for. Mm -hmm. So for example, for our book, not your name should show, should be printed on this receipt. The name of the company should not be mm -hmm. printed on, right? So for sure. So it makes sense, but it looks like oh, why, right? Yeah. They know that they're working for them and and why should you you use a book for something else right so then for this company if mm. it's just for my work right so something like this yeah. why they cannot just pay it why why the um the um and the tax office say no you cannot do that right so okay yeah. i believe i i strongly believe the problem here is two-sided yeah. most likely yeah first of all um the one side who is, has the idea to introduce these compliance rules, don't explain good enough the reasons behind. So yeah. what are the benefits to follow this compliance rules? Yeah. And again, I can also just talk for myself. I sometimes did it simply bad mm -hmm. to explain the reasons why we should follow these rules. Um, or never. So everything. So everything. And they also experienced several people who are simply doing the same mistake. Mm -hmm. So when you try to bring compliance to a company, you not just should do it, you should also explain why yeah. you, and you are doing it. Yes. That's the first thing. The other thing is, which I would also say is 50-50 distribution. Um, when you were before free and what you can do, mm -hmm. and then someone comes by whatever reason and tells no, yeah. this does not longer work. Change you right? in, yes, yeah. So that's like, so, oh, no, uh, someone takes uh, um, possibilities, rights, and whatever. For mm. me, I'm, I'm no longer that free, right? Mm. He just jailed, jail, jails me in, right? So something mm. like this. So this feeling. Then, this I also experienced sometimes by myself. It feels like, oh, he's doing harm for me. I, and then it also happens to me sometimes that I don't really listening to the why. Mm. And not even... Or not asking for the why. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's possible to just ask, okay, you are doing this, but why you are doing this, right? So 
So maybe, and again, I also experience this by myself, sometimes when you're feeling this, right, that someone is coming to you and say, yeah, this is the rule, and it feels, it is jailing you in and say, yeah, that's stupid. Maybe it's a good idea to just say, hey, can you please explain me why? Yeah. Because I, I believe you have a good reasoning for that. Yeah. So yeah. please just explain it to me. And maybe when from both sides, right? And again, we are experiencing this in every company, I believe. Mm -hmm. So I never experienced a company my, myself and also by friends. And maybe it's also the same for you where people say, hey, compliance, great. It's rare. So, it's, it's a rare reaction. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so maybe... So maybe this is a pattern which which we have more or less everywhere. So uh, I I believe we more or less everyone is doing these mistakes. But but maybe the next time when we're introducing compliance mm -hmm. and someone is introducing compliance to us, we are try to keep a step back and say, okay, I should explain it maybe. Mm -hmm. And the other side say, oh, I don't understand it. Maybe I ask the why. Yes, I, I fully agree. Uh, two two more thoughts on this. All one one agreement and one more thought. Um, or elaboration on, on your idea. Yes, yeah. of course, the why needs to be explained because people need to be motivated um, to well act in a compliant manner. And, 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 and people are much have much more fun in doing that if they know why they are doing it. If the rule is not its own purpose, but you can explain why do we have to do that? Why is it like that? And and I agree fully just to say, well, it's the law. Um, Is, is maybe not enough. Buckle up if the law is one thing, but buckle up because in the case of a crash, you have a much higher chance of, chance of survival uh, in your car. I think it's a much better explanation, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, because I mean, the, the seatbelt takes away freedom, yeah, it, it does. Yeah. Uh, but it also protects you like a lot. Um, yeah. So and, and most of the of the of the rules uh, do that. But then again, and this is maybe the second thing. Well, all of them. I mean, there is there is also a lot of bureaucracy that bureaucracy that is you know there for its own sake. Um, and 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 while we cannot change the law, at least when it comes to internal policies, um, companies indeed always should ask themselves why is this specific rule important? Uh, is there a good reason for it, or can we just scrap it? Um, so, so at, at, what I'm saying is compliance is not just a task of putting more and more on it, but sometimes maybe also taking something away that no longer makes sense. And that, that's very often overlooked, this, this building back. That's, that's also very true, yeah. Yes, yes, it is. And then people are indeed stuck with, with decade-old rules that, that no longer make sense. Nobody understands. Nobody can explain why is it there. Well, it has been there all of the time. And this is why we follow it. So, yeah, you know, um, and then compliance becomes indeed a nuisance and a chore. Uh, and I understand why people are kind of, you know, as you say, it was your example, flinch when they hear the word, yeah, because they think, oh, it's another rule that doesn't make much sense. And I don't even get it why it's there. So, yeah, I fully agree with, with all you said. That makes fully sense. Yeah. So we also should challenge ourselves if the rule, if which is still there, still makes sense. Yes. Plus also... But maybe that's also the point. So sometimes there are rules, uh, like for example in Germany, that we have to keep every uh, uh, document for 10 years, regardless of what it is uh, in companies. So yeah, we also also have to stick with this rule. Sometimes it makes sense. Sometimes maybe not. Uh, it's it's not always. Here's the thing: it's you don't have you don't have to keep anything um, regardless of what it is. But sometimes uh, companies just don't discriminate. They say because we don't look into it, so just keep everything, just to be on the safe side. You know, um, and, and that's indeed then feels maybe over uh, overpowering. People feel overburdened with that. By the way, yeah. which data you do you don't have to keep? 
Well, technically, what you what you have to keep is 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 anything that's relevant to the, to the taxes in the books. Yeah. Um, um, but for example, if just to make an example, a very obvious example, if all you do is uh, uh, keep your calendar, hey Joe, can we meet tomorrow? No, maybe, maybe on Tuesday. Ah, Tuesday doesn't work for me. Can we put it on Wednesday? Yeah, when would it work? Six, you know, six o'clock, six p.m. or whatever. Um, these type of communications you don't have to keep. Yeah. Because why? It's not relevant for anything. There is no financial information in there. Uh, there's, it's not tax relevant. It's not relevant for the books. Uh, this is just chit chat. Yeah. But right when I cannot uh, guarantee that something in this communication, so 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 that nothing in this communication has to do with yeah. financial stuff. That, that's the thinking. That's why the companies are often say we keep everything on the record uh, just because. Look. Just in case there's something contained, yeah. You know, or if you're in the US, just in case there will be uh, any kind of um, of procedure against us, and they will send the lawyers, and uh, they will dig into the thing, and then they'll ask why it's deleted, you know, these kind of things. So just in case. But then again, uh, just just to make the point of of, of principles fighting here, uh, we have the GDPR that says, um, you know, be 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 careful with your data. Only keep what you really need. Have retention periods yeah. defined, and all these kind of things. Um, so we have we have we have this task in in in, in the business in the company to make sure and to discriminate which data can be actually which data do we have to keep and in which way do we have to keep it? That's another thing. You know, you have to archive them, not necessarily keep them uh, in, in in hot standby um, and, and and readily accessible if it's just for the for the record. Uh, which yeah. which data can't we keep? Which data do we have to delete at a certain point? So it is also a compliance task. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. I will. I see it's a, a huge field, but maybe let's wrap it up for today. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do we have some last famous words? Some last famous words um, from my side. Um, then again, you. Then I, I'm a lawyer, and as you rightfully pointed out, we we, we sometimes uh, make money with these types of things. Everything that makes the clock tick is good for a lawyer. Uh, but that being said, I do think there is a good reason, um, and, and I hope I, I made my points. Um, there are good reasons for uh, for being observant to the law, for being compliant, and they not have to do. They don't. They do not only have to do, but just because it is the law, there's there's further reasons for that. But then again, I would agree that we should uh, we should have a good uh, ratio between input and output when it comes to compliance, and it must not overpower people. It must not bring the business processes of uh, the company to a full stop and to a complete halt. So we, we should keep a good balance here. I, 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 would, yeah, I, yeah. Would, I would, that that's something I would, yes, I would be negotiated and I, 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 sh I should agree to, yes. Anything from your side, from your more technical side? I would not, nothing it right now. Fantastic. Then for today, big one. Let's wrap it up. I don't know. Let's wrap it up. <laughs> it was a pleasure again. And for all the watchers, do not forget to like and subscribe. And of course, if you have maybe, this is the thing because we had all these stories here from the practical side. If you have interesting stories about how compliance may have gone too far or how it may have saved your head, put it in the comments. We would like to hear. For sure. Thank yeah. you very much. Thank you so much. See you next time. Next time. Bye. Ciao. Bye.